0: Take Oh mm-hmm.
1: to introduce to you our uh, speaker this morning, Susan, come on up, and uh, Peter's going to come up and pray over her too, but this is Susan, Susan, Kylie, it's a long way up here, I know. Only (laughs) uh, kidding. (laughs) Susan has uh, been with the sanctuary and going back to Lookout Mountain Church, for those who are familiar with where Peter used to be there, and has been involved for about 19 years, way back, and involved with women's ministry back at Lookout and things. So we've known her a long time, and uh, some of you may not know that Susan is an ordained pastor and uh, got her degree from Denver Seminary in '96. And she has just uh, done tons of ministry and all kinds of things, and you heard about the women with the cause. Um, You know, I was actually driving around downtown one day, and I looked up, and I saw Susan's big old picture on a billboard downtown. I was like, whoa! (laughs) Because she was named as one of Denver's top movers and shakers, and she is. (laughs) (laughs) She uh, she, uh, does all kinds of fundraisers downtown and is dancing on the tables and all kinds of stuff down there. But, um, you know, I'll tell you something that I uh, love about Susan that where I see Jesus in her, she can run with the highly successful, influential people of Denver. And she will also be hanging out with the homeless and the poor and just the whole gamut of people. And that heart reminds me of Jesus. And I love that about you, Susan. So, um, Peter, you want to pray for her as she gets ready to speak?
0: Okay. Okay. Lord, thank you so much for Susan. I thank you for the gift that she is to me and has been to me now for 19 years since... Uh, that day years ago where uh this new woman walked into my office and said hey i'm going to your church what do you want me to do you want a women's ministry i could do that and and that's what she did and uh lord she's blessed our body over the years in such tremendous ways and is blessing your body lord here and around the world so i thank you for susan's life and i thank you lord jesus uh for speaking through susan's life and father i pray now that through your spirit you would um will unwrap all of our lives and that you would help us, Lord, to hear you uh, as you speak through Susan and to remember that, Lord, even though each of our stories are different, you are the same. You are the same lover of each of our souls. And so, Lord, open us up to what you have to say through Susan. I thank you so much for her, and I pray your blessings on her as she uh, speaks with us. In Jesus' name we pray, Amen. amen.
2: well good morning my name's Susan and I'm a sinner thank you so much for inviting me to speak today I want to look at Ephesians right now okay therefore I say this and testify in the Lord You should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their thoughts let's take it apart therefore I say this and testify in the Lord you should no longer walk as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their thoughts so who are the Gentiles do we have any Gentiles today well, in the time of Jesus, the Gentiles were those that were not Jews. They did not have the law. They worshiped the stars. They worshiped false gods. They practiced sexual immorality. Um, they did whatever they did to make them feel good. They didn't worship the Creator, the Master Planner. Do we know any Gentiles today? I think we do. As a grandmother of four children, six, four, two, and new, I have to tell you, I sometimes really get saddened because I think, what kind of a world have my children brought my grandchildren into? I mean, think about it, there's, teenage sex is just a given, I mean, now they are pushing on 10 and 11 year olds this wonderful vaccine so that women won't get ovarian cancer because they've started practicing sexual activity, and I just heard now that boys should get it at 10 or 11 so they don't get cancer of the penis. Well, when I heard that, I was like, whoa. And when I was raising my kids, it was like, should we give our kids birth control? Should we? But somehow or another, I think when those things are said to kids, they say, well, gee whiz. Sure, why not? It feels good. We have perversion. Right now, there's this organization that's all over the internet that says that a boy should have sex with a man by the time he's 10. There's violence. Hunger Games is the number one book and movie that teenagers are watching. It's violence. The number one was, the the number one before that was the woman who had the dragon tattoo. It's out there, okay? New age, I mean, come on guys, get with it, uh, you know. And forget about getting married. I mean, marriage is something that they did in the old days when I was younger okay without god it's impossible though to be godly and when we continue that verse in ephesians when we go on to 18 it says they are darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of god because of ignorance that is in them and because of a hardness of their heart let's read it again they are darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of god because of ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts without god it's impossible to think in godly ways before i knew jesus i looked to life To get me all the right answers okay I I went to college first person in my family to go to college I read philosophy books I went to lectures I did everything I could to improve my mind okay I even became politically active because I knew that JFK was gonna do it and if JFK didn't then Gandhi would do it and if Gandhi couldn't do it Martin Luther King could do it but somehow or another they didn't do it, did they? We still have the same problems. I mean, how sad is it that Martin Luther King gave his life and today we still read about violence towards people of other races? I searched to be a better teacher. I thought, you know, if I can be a teacher, then I can change these kids in the classroom. I can make them better kids. You know, they'll definitely be able to save the world. Okay, so I went to school. Then I went to graduate school, and and I read the, all the educators like Horace Mann. I read the psychologists like Skinner and Freud and 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 Young, and I practiced those those things in my own life. But somehow or another. They really weren't making a difference and then i was a child of the 50s and 60s it was all about free love you know if it feels good do it now i have to say thank you lord i was not promiscuous but i certainly would leave when my roommate wanted to be promiscuous with her latest boyfriend i did i did search for god i know i searched for god and i went to church every sunday And we would go down to the Jersey Shore, yes, yes, I'm a person that comes from Philadelphia, was on bandstand the whole nine yards, and we would go down to the Jersey Shore, and we would drink all night, but I had to get up and go to Mass the next morning because I was a good girl. But somehow or another, that still didn't do it somehow or another i thought well maybe if i just find the right guy and lo and behold i was out with my girlfriends one day and i see this guy across the room and he's really a big handsome guy and he's got a harvard jacket on and i say to my girlfriend i've dated yale i've dated princeton i'm going to date harvard (laughs) a month later i managed to meet him two weeks later we got engaged and three months later we got married wow this was going to do it okay this guy worshipped me I think he really liked my short skirts but the point of it is he did worship me and i thought he was the answer had a good education was on the fast track loved my loved me beyond love and most of all he also was the same religion as i was and and we would go to church on sunday but somehow or another that wasn't solving a lot of those problems and gee whiz Somewhere or another something still wasn't right. I was still Seeking after that something that was going to make me feel so good and perfect inside Well lo and behold Leo and I we started going up the corporate track in our second move I was invited to a Bible study at a wealthy woman's house and I said oh, I'm gonna go because I want to check out her house I went And I listened and I said to myself as I sat there in judgment, this is cool for these ladies, but I can't possibly relate to anything that's 2,000 years old. I mean, what does this mean to me? I went home and the next two or three weeks, the Holy Spirit pursued me. Somehow or another, the word Jesus kept popping up in my mind and I was frustrated because... I wasn't going to believe something that was 2,000 years old. It couldn't apply to my life. It can't apply to your life. But I was wrong. Got on my knees in desperation and said, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want, but I do know that I want you. And I do know that I need some help. So I give it all up. Well, I went to the Bible studies. I went back, and, and someone told me two things. Never try to be your husband's Holy Spirit very important ladies or vice versa and the second thing was get in the word you cannot grow I know women that are seven to 80 years old and they haven't grown because they haven't been in the word they say all the right things but they still don't have that peace in their heart that surpasses all understanding you've got to be in the word and you've got to be in the word every day even if it's just one sentence on your way to work get in the word i had heard the expression the truth will set you free and i always thought the truth was the truth but you know what the truth is jesus that's who's going to set us free well i was going along and i was doing my thing and suddenly i went to my brother-in-law's wedding and i started feeling really terrible and started crying uncontrollably My poor husband, we were in Boston. We had to drive all the way back to Chicago, and I was crying the entire time. I was having a nervous breakdown. I thought at first, well, I'm a Christian now. These things shouldn't happen. What's wrong with me? But as we got home, we found a Christian counselor, and I went to that counselor, and he started working with me, and he started working with Leo, because suddenly I was changing. I was no longer... Looking to those things like beautiful clothes, a beautiful house, a successful husband, children that obeyed, to give me fulfillment. I was looking to Jesus. I was looking to things that are not of this world. And after about a year, my counselor said to me, you know, Susan, I think our time's kind of up. And, but there's a black box that you're going to open someday. And I'm not going to pry it open. I'm going to let Jesus open it up for you so i thought well this is great uh wow this is super um i wonder what that black box is well the years passed and and as i said we had kids and our daughter turned five and suddenly i started having these terrible dreams and and flashbacks about someone pursuing my daughter and i would wake up crying and. I didn't know what to do and I told Leo I said Leo what's going on here and he said I I think it's time you went back to Roger and I went back to Roger and that black box was that I had been abused from 5 to 12 now the part I didn't tell you is that in 1946 my mother was married and divorced and she had an affair with a married man became pregnant and I was the product of that affair I didn't know that she remarried her first husband when i was five and he came into our life i can still tell you the first time i saw him we were in philadelphia and he was coming up the escalator and i thought oh, i have a father and i thought this is going to be cool um my life went on i had children our son was being operated on, and as the operation was starting to take place, he started to have a reaction, and the nurse came out and she said, call your family, there's some kind of a reaction that your son is reacting to, he's allergic to something, call your family, see what your allergies are. Lee, I said, oh, it must be Leo's family, so, because he has a lot of allergies. So. He went in called his mother in the phone booth in those days and i went and called my mother i said mom what was the allergy my father had because he used to get some kind of an allergic reaction on his body and she said why and i told her and she said i don't know how to tell you this and i said what and she said he wasn't your father i said what she said he wasn't your father i went oh well i was more worried about my son i went oh okay and i go out and i say to leo you're not gonna believe this and he, and he said, What do you mean? I said, That wasn't my father. Oh, your mom, yeah, your mom. My mom was very abusive. When I was little, a whack, you know, the way, she did not want me to grow up like her. Verbally, I was abused because she wanted me to be the perfect child, because she had the guilt of having me out of wedlock. Now, bless her heart, she was brave to have me. She could have aborted me. In New York City, there was an abortionist on every street corner. They do it in their kitchen, on the kitchen sink, the kitchen table, rather. So she was very brave, but she carried that guilt of having me. Well, here I was. Feeling, what was I going to do now I had been sexually abused from 5 to 12 one of the first things I'm going to ask Jesus when I get to heaven is Lord when did I start to forget isn't it weird that someone would forget now the interesting thing is I could have split I could have had been multiple personalities I could have gone into promiscuity there were so many other ways my body could have reacted to my abuse but the Lord chose me to forget well, I entered counseling and I started to understand what was going on with myself but somehow or another there was this nagging thing and one day my counselor said to me we should look at Romans 715 now this is a verse that I looked at many times and I never could understand it for I do not understand what I am doing Because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. For I do not understand what I am doing, because I do not practice what I want to do, but I do what I hate. Well, I think that as a result of indwelling sin, we continue to look for ways to cope with life. In our times of desperation that only can be filled by Jesus, we find ways of coping naturally. Well, as a child, when my mom would swap me, I would just keep quiet and be the good little girl. My cousins hated me because I was always the good little girl. When I went to college, I felt ugly and unloved. You know, children quite often when they're abused, they do things to make themselves look ugly. I know that's strange, but they do it unintentionally. I, had, I, had, I know someone, they used to pick out her eyebrows and her eyelashes. Well, I don't know how I looked ugly. Maybe I walked around like this. I don't know. But the point of it is I felt ugly and unloved, so I lied. I told everybody that I was so popular in high school. I mean, I made up these big lies. Um, I wanted to be different okay I found the right husband right he was successful he was good-looking he loved me he loved God but somehow or another that didn't do it in my marriage because my husband adored me so much I very quickly learned how to manipulate him I very quickly learned how to push the buttons to get the response that I always wanted from him and do you realize that each and every one of us here are victims Of some kind of pain and hurt we've experienced maybe our father yelled and hit us maybe our mother drank too much maybe we were the middle child and we didn't feel very important you know our older brother and our younger sister mattered maybe we were slow in school you know kids don't learn at the same level and sometimes parents and teachers can say things that are mean or even they can just kind of give the look roll the eyes Maybe we were raised in a family that took God's name in vain and used words that were truly inappropriate. Maybe we were looked down on because we were raised on the wrong side of the tracks. Maybe we were never talented in sports and we were picked last. Maybe we were touched inappropriately. Maybe a bunch of guys told us to pull our pants down. Words were spoken, inappropriate actions were taken, Hands are raised in anger. Maybe our parents were separated, divorced, and we never really felt that we had bonded with them. Maybe our father left our mother. We didn't know who he was. Every single one of us has a hurt or a pain that we're trying to cope with. And there's no way that we can possibly live unless we find a way to cope. My mother never felt forgiven. And as a result, she was always sick. Hi, Mom, how you doing? Well, my back hurts. Oh, I went to the doctor today and I got a new prescription. Yeah, I've got allergies and I gotta watch what I eat. Was, oh, That was her way of getting the attention that she craved and soothing that guilt that she carried. She never gave it to Jesus. And after I found out that my mom had me I was born out of wedlock. Every Mother's Day, I made a big deal of telling her how much I loved her and how brave she was. I really tried to mitigate that pain. And besides Mother's Day, I did it on other times. And my dear husband supported my mother financially until the day she died. But somehow or another, she never got to that point where she gave it to Jesus. (sighs) Well, how about a woman who just feels alone doesn't feel pretty enough she can't do it anymore well i'll just have one beer and then another and another and suddenly she gets that buzz on and that pain just more or less subsides or how about the young woman who has been divorced she really didn't want the divorce So on the way home from work, she stops at 7-Eleven to get a quart of ice cream that she'll eat during the week, and suddenly that first pint's gone, and then it's a a half a quart, and then a full quart, and she kind of feels full for a time. Or how about when your husband is home late from work, and you've cooked, and you've had the kids all tucked away in their pajamas, and he's late, and he didn't call? Well, you just give him the cold shoulder, and you shut him off. And maybe you don't talk to him for days, I'll fix him. Or how about the fact that there's a guy and he's out of work, he feels belittled, He doesn't feel right, so he hits the park and he opens up some pornography and that makes him feel alive for a time. Or maybe, maybe I go to a dinner party and I feel insecure because they're all talking about things I don't understand, so I just make up a lie. Just throw it out there. I invent who I am. We all have ways of coping. Or how about the fact that we were abused as a child. We were touched inappropriately, but, you know, God made our bodies to react. We are sexual beings. So maybe I try to be touched inappropriately by another, and that makes me feel good for a time. But then of course, all these ways of coping only leads to shame. We become guilty, we become shamed because we have used other things other than Jesus to cope. Now in today's society, coping is good, isn't it? You know, we have to learn how to cope. What do we call them? We call them addictions. We call them diseases different lifestyles it's okay to cope or I do not understand what I am doing because I do not practice what I want to do do you think any of us practice overeating and feel good about it do you think we I can't tell you the number of times I've said to the Lord I'm sorry Lord I'm a glutton somehow or another eating six brownies doesn't seem like a big sin to the world but it is Or how about the times when I just told that lie just to feel good about myself? Lord, I'm a liar. It made that person feel better, Lord. No, I'm a liar. I did what I don't want to do. We get into situations to cope. The world tells us to cope. Jesus says, I love you. You don't have to cope you don't have to take any thing as a substitute you take me i love you love you well the interesting thing about what happened in my life is that one day i was reading the bible and i came across a wonderful verse from jeremiah i chose you before i formed you in your mother's womb i set you apart before you were born did you know that did you know that he knows us before we're formed in our mother's womb boy if that isn't a case against abortion nothing is he formed you in your in your mother's womb he knew me he had great plans for me that gives me a reason for loving me and he would have died just for me if he had to now as a child and I went to church I heard the message I heard he died for my sins but then they said you see that wound in there that's because you took 10 cents from your mother's purse They got it all wrong. And I tried to be the good girl, to earn his love. I I went to school to be a teacher, and I taught in the inner city, if that's not doing it right. But somehow or another, that just wasn't it. We all have hurts. Right now, I'd like you to close your eyes. I'd like you to think back to something or some time when there was a pain that still gnaws at you today. Something was said, something was done, you feel shame, and you just can't get over it. And I want you to say, Jesus, I need you. I need you now. If you've never come to know Jesus, if you've never gotten on your knees, and by the way, you don't have to get on your knees. I just did, because as a little girl, I was taught when you pray, you get on your knees. But if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, now is the time. Jesus, come into my heart. Teach me what I need to be taught. And if you've been walking with Jesus and you don't want to Hope the way the world copes any longer say jesus by the power of the holy spirit i need you to teach me the ways to live that are not guilt-ridden and shameful i need you to teach me to be an overcomer You can open your eyes now i challenge you to be in the word just try it i was going to bring a bible today because my spiritual father has just um, written a bible and it's called Oh, dear, Life Essentials Bible, and the, the fun thing about the Bible is, is that it's got one of those quality code things, you know, those little squirgly things, you know, that you see on an ad, and you can put your iPhone on it, and bam you get a message. You literally get a message from your Bible. It's so cool. I'll bring it and show it to you. But you need to be in the Word. You need other people around you. For me, it's been incredible girlfriends that have loved me in spite of my ugliness. You need other people around. You need to be held accountable. A lot of times, it can't be your spouse. Now, I will tell you that in 43 years of marriage, and I'm going to, I told Peter this, in 43 years of marriage, there were times when I felt I didn't have that love for my husband. Love is a decision I had to say jesus please help me to feel that feeling again and i'm sure my husband's done the same thing and now after 43 years of marriage man i've got that feeling i love him more than the day that i married him and this guy is so cool he wrote me a wedding song and played the guitar that's how cool he is but the point of it is his coolness now is last night before i went to evergreen this morning he prayed with me he, he prayed for me he prayed with me he hears the inness of my soul it did not come by the way after 10 20 30 years of marriage it has taken a time to develop and that's okay and as i look at my husband now when we pray together i am just reduced to tears because never ever did i think i could love a man Because for the first 15 years, I didn't trust him. He was going to abandon me. He was going to be that person that I hated. But as I learned to not lean on my own understanding, as I learned not to trust the truth of the world, but the truth that is Jesus, I was able to succumb. I was able to shed. I was able to melt into him. Now, the verse that is my life verse is the verse that's Jeremiah, um, Jeremiah 1.5 that says that he chose me before I was formed in my mother's womb. He set me apart before I was born. The next line is something that I didn't discover, although I must have read it thousands of times, I will make you a prophet to the nations never in my wildest dreams would i have dreamt that the lord was going to send me to india and africa to help women that needed help number one to give them jesus number two to give them a way of making a living in India, we work with the Dalits, which are the untouchables. They're considered lower than dogs. Seriously, you can run over a woman or a man that's a, or a child that's a Dalit in India, and you won't be charged with murder. In Africa, in Ethiopia, we're working with women who have been there and have, trouble, have, have probably been widowed because of AIDS, or maybe they've had a fistula. Look that one up or talk to me later, and I'll tell you what it is. They've been shunned. And then in Denver, we're trying to make lives different because single moms supporting themselves is hard if they don't have any type of a career they can fall back on. I will make you a prophet to the nations. I get so much joy out of that. It's incredible. So as I close now, I invite you, if you want to talk to me, talk to me, call me. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Ask Peter, ask Francis. I'd be more than happy to talk to you about anything. If you're struggling, um, really, I'd love to pray with you. But I thank you for listening. Again, don't cope. All on Jesus. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Susan. So, uh, all of you have been abused, and all of you have abused. In other words, you all have a black box, and the biblical kind of word for that is maybe, maybe flesh or sin or something like that, but this is interesting news. The Lord knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. That means he knew all about your black box. In fact, your black box even has a purpose. Isn't that incredible? Even though it's uh, against the will of God somehow, he has a purpose for it, and that's to make you hungry for something. The darkness makes you long for the light. The, The lies make you long for the truth. The black box, he uses to help you see this, that on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body given to you. Take and eat and do it in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the covenant in my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. Drink of it, all of you, and do it in remembrance of me. Jesus said, my body and my blood. And Jesus is the Logos, he's the meaning, he is how God creates things. And he's the one that is spoken into your black box, giving new meaning to all the events of the past and the events of your entire life. He's the meaning. He's also the light, he said I'm the light. He's the light that shines in the darkness and whatever is exposed to light, says Paul, becomes light. And so he takes your black box and turns it into a testimony and turns you into a prophet. The testimony of Jesus, uh, the spirit of Jesus is the, uh, the testimony of Jesus. Our testimony, is the spirit, of, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, there you go. Took me a while. But that means he shines his light in your black box and he turns you into a living testimony. And he makes himself your food. What are you hungry for? Well, you're hungry for mercy, and he gives you mercy. And so as you come to this table, bring that box. Um, Maybe for you, it's being abused as a little child, or maybe it's abusing someone. Uh, Susan mentioned abortion this morning. Maybe it's struggling with that. The amazing thing about God is that he's beyond space and time, and he's the creator, and he's the one who says "I make all things new, and none of those things are too big for him. So as you come to the table, surrender that emptiness and be filled with the love of God. He loves you. And so, Lord Jesus, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you are here with us and we offer ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can tear off a piece of the bread, dip it in the cup. The dark cups are wine, the light cups are juice. They're both the love of God, the grace of God for you. Christians by our love, by our love. Yes, they'll know we
2: Christians by our love. That song is really special because Leo and I had that played at our wedding. But little did we know. And you know, we as Christians sometimes think we have it all together, and we kind of look at the world, and we're constantly, you know, kind of. You sinner you did this don't listen to talk radio turn off the TV don't read things that are just get you down you're never going to have peace let the world know you're Christians we don't come to condemn the world Jesus is the only one that can tell another person that they're doing stuff wrong because you know what's gonna happen they're gonna hate us YOU CHRISTIANS! (laughs) LET THEM SEE US AS CHRISTIANS WHO LOVE, REGARDLESS OF SIN, BECAUSE WE'RE SINNERS, AND IT'S ONLY THROUGH JESUS THAT WE'RE SAVED. YOU KNOW WHAT, I WILL TELL YOU A LITTLE STORY. ONE NIGHT WE WERE LIVING IN PLANO, TEXAS. MY HUSBAND WAS WORKING FOR FRITO LAY, AND THAT'S HOW THEY SAY IT IN THE SOUTH, and somewhere or another, my kids must have been sleeping over at people's houses. My husband was on a trip. I don't know, but I was all alone. And that day, I had been working on a Bible study, which I was doing. It was on the woman at the well. That night, when I went to go to bed, Satan was just pursuing me. And I, I really got really hard up. I seriously was suicidal. He was telling me things like, you're not a good mother, or yada, yada, yada. Finally, I I said, Lord, I need water. I need the water that the woman in the well had. I need water. Finally, I got to sleep. Next morning, I woke up like it was a new day. You know, it was just great. And then a couple of hours later, a girlfriend called me. I hadn't heard from her in a couple years. And she was calling me from Oregon. and, And she said, Susan, the Lord had me up in the middle of the night to pray for you. Why was I praying for water? He will give you the water that you need he washed away your sins he wants to help you doesn't want you to settle for coping mechanisms so now i ask through the lord jesus christ that we might all go out seeking jesus every moment of the day that we might know the incredible love that jesus has for us and i pray these things in jesus name amen